Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath, then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. Kylian Mbappe, they got to play some kind of game of chicken to try and elicit a feed this season. I see you shaking your head. Tell me why. (laughs) (laughs) Because at the end of the day, guess who has the final say? Kylian. Exactly. That's why it's a game of chicken. I mean, they need but it's to not a, it's, it's not it's not it's a, a game. shadow game. It's not even it's not. It's not. Tim, it's clear to me you do not watch enough cop shows or true crime on Netflix <laughs> or even episodes of Law and Order. <laughs> Yes, it is the American dream. Steve Schlanger with Tim Ream, and it is opening week in the Premier League. Everyone full of hope, optimism, promise. It's that time of year where everybody starts with a clean slate. No one is in the relegation zone. No one has a lot of injuries. They're not juggling lineups. No one is out of form. Everybody is on such an even playing field. Spirits are high. Players, coaches, fans. Everybody comes in fresh with new haircuts. Well, maybe everybody except Tim Ream. I mean, the hair still as long as can be. But everybody else is groomed to the max. They are ready to go. Tim, opening week every year provides this sense of optimism. And I think even going back to when you were a kid, And you get to those last weeks of summer and your season is about to kick off. I remember for me, I was so excited. It was one of my favorite weeks of the year because you'd been practicing in the heat. You're finally about to play some games. It was one of the most anticipated, exciting weeks of the entire year. So let's begin right there. Is it as exciting as it's always been for you now as a professional, do you still feel those nerves? Do you still feel that anxiousness? Where is your head at here during this opening week? Simple answer is yes. Nerves, anxiousness. I'd say my last weekend was was probably more of my excitement. And you did leave out one feeling, and that is despair, because I know there are fans of clubs up and down this country who are feeling that despair because they've not signed anybody they are favorites to go down they are just beside themselves with worry before the season even kicks off and let me tell you that is no way to live but for me absolutely last weekend fantastic best weekend i've had in a hundred days best weekend i've had in what is that 12 13 14 weeks 
And so, yes, very much looking forward to opening weekend away at Everton for us. And now it's preseason's finished. We're in our, you know, the, the basically the closing stages of of training before the uh, the big kickoff, um, which uh, which comes in uh, in about forty eight hours. Well, rewind for just a second and explain why last weekend was so important for you. I actually got to play the game. I got to play in a in a match. I played. Uh, we, we had two friendly scheduled, uh, and we played Hoffenheim on the Saturday, but. Uh, we, we actually played behind in a, one of your favorite behind closed doors friendlies on the Friday against Hoffenheim as well. Um, and, and came through after not playing any minutes in, like I said, a hundred days, ended up playing 90 minutes in my first outing of, of preseason, which coincidentally comes one week before the regular Premier League season kicks off. So I'm right where I should be. Well, with your surgically repaired arm, you were kind of, a little behind schedule, at least in terms of game time, I guess. I know you said initially once you suffered the injury that you hoped to be back at full speed by the time preseason kicked off. The team was conservative, held you back a little bit. So were you at all worried or anxious when you finally did get into a game last weekend? Well, to be fair, the surgeon is is who went conservative. He actually even went very optimistic before we broke up for the off season, which I'm not happy about, by the way. Let it be known that I'm not happy with my surgeon. Fantastic job, but he should have he should have warned me that it, it could have been much, much longer um healing. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I'm you know, I'm happy that that I was able to get get minutes in um didn't think about it to be completely honest with you came off after the game and and all the the staff were were asking me um I actually slid in the game I went to ground which I wasn't yeah I I didn't think about which I think is a good thing that I wasn't uh, you know I was just doing doing what what comes naturally to me so yeah no no nerves in in terms of of playing the actual game there was more nerves in in the build-up the anxiousness wanting to wanting to get out there and, and just you know get back to to doing what what i want to do um so it was nice it was good it was a, a nice change of pace from the just the running and, and training well when you think of all the components the arm the form the fitness the touch how did all of that feel since it's been a while since you've been in that situation it's strange because it, it felt like i'd I hadn't really missed a missed a beat, which I expected to be a little bit a little bit rusty. I think the the biggest thing that will that that I noticed was more the the seeing the the bigger kind of picture. So being able to see everything happening all at once, um, which is is something that you know, especially last year, I was very you know very comfortable and very good at. That doesn't come back immediately, but. As the as the the game kind of wore on, it it you know started to settle in more and more, and, and started to see everything that that was going on instead of just the the two or three things that that were right in front of you. So, yeah, I'd say fitness fantastic, touch great, passing great, defensively you know being in the right in the right spots, the right position you know comes back pretty naturally. It's just being able to see kind of everything going on around you that was probably 10 to 15 minutes in in the making uh i'd say in in the game so here we are as we tape this just a few days left to go before your first game against everton and of all of the range of emotions that players and fans and teams have leading up to 
that opening match, what do you think is the dominant feeling? What do you think as players, most of the guys feel the most here in the opening week that you don't get as the season unfolds? I think that's a, that's a difficult question because I I think most guys would say they're optimistic and and maybe as as the season unfolds they're they're less optimistic than than they are to to begin with like you said um, because everybody's kind of on on the same page in terms of you know the the, the slate that they're on and, and everybody starts from zero but if I if I have to say I'd probably say in the overriding feeling is is more uh, anxiousness to get going. Um, to get off to a, a, a good start and, and not have to play catch up. Um, if in in the Premier League, if you're playing catch up after you know after the first five or six games, you're you know you're you're in a in a really bad spot and, and in in some trouble. So yeah, I think it's it's the, the anxiousness to to be sure that we're uh, you know the, the team and and your yourself personally, but more so the you know the team and the club and every everybody that that is involved in you know in the matches are you know you're getting off to a getting off to a good start because a good start sets you up for, you know, the, the meat and, and heart of the season, which seems like it, it just drags on and on and on the, once those first kind of eight games pass, then it's like, it becomes, you know, uh, not monotonous in a, in a boring way, but you know, one after sure. another, after another. So yeah, I think it's, it's just a, an anxiousness to, to, to be off and, and get off to a good start. One of the unique things about European football and the calendar is the fact that you will start the season with a roster that may change after the first few games, unlike other sports in the U.S., for instance, where all of the business is taken care of in the offseason, free agency, players coming and going, and rosters pretty much set by the time training camp starts. In European football, you're still going to see some movement here over these next few weeks. How tricky is that for players like yourself to balance with guys coming in and out potentially, and also managers to try and figure out who their best 11 is going to be and trying to integrate guys when they don't even know what their final roster is going to look like. Massively tricky, and I think again, previously we well we've we've had this conversation on on previous previous shows is that um, they tried to set it to where you you would have to finish your 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 business before the first weekend of the season, um, in in order to to negate this this idea that teams can can change and. Um, players can still come and go. Obviously, that's not the case, um, and so it's it is tricky. I think all of us as as players, we want to gel as 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 quickly as possible. The manager wants to to work with what what will be his squad as as soon as possible, and the market has different ideas. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work that way, and so you you know you you work with what you have. As players and and as as a as a captain as a leader, you know if anybody comes in midway through preseason or at the end of preseason or you know after two or three games because the windows open until September, you know it's it's part of your responsibility and, and role to to make sure that guys are are being integrated from a a camaraderie standpoint from a from a, a team you know a teammate standpoint to to make sure that they're comfortable they they have what they need and. To to help in any way that you possibly can to to help them settle on the field because at the end of the day, you know we're we're all trying to pull in the same direction. So 
it may be difficult for the manager. It, it's difficult for the players to to form those connections unless you you know you keep a, a majority of your your squad from from the previous season. Um, but you're always going to be adding you know little pieces um, here and there. Some teams have to add more than than others, and it's it's down to the players to to make sure that that you know we're helping guys along in terms of of the way we want to play the the philosophy that the manager sets out and just little things that that we can help with but at the end of the day again it's it's the manager who who has to instill his ideas and and sell his ideas to to the guys coming in and and like i said they they want to do that as as soon as possible and the the market and the the clubs higher ups in the clubs say you know we'll we'll get the business done when we get it done um you just deal with with it whenever it comes and you even have a scenario where some players are forced to train away from the first team regulars because management may be trying to move them on because they're not a part of the current manager's plans so they may be forced to train with the under 23s the reserves just not a part of the regular senior team training now it's not often that names like Kylian Mbappe are forced to train away from the regular squad. But believe it or not, that is the case right now with PSG. Arguably, the world's top player, Kylian Mbappe, is training with the scrubs in Paris because of the standoff with the hierarchy at PSG. What do you make of that situation? I don't know, but he looked like he was having a grand old time in that the photo that he posted with the the group. Uh, what is it about twelve of them? Yeah, I think he posted on social media last week. It didn't look like it was dampening his spirits, but then I guess when you're you know when you're him and you're making his kind of money and um, you know that uh, a resolution will come at some point, you know a move of of some kind will will happen. I guess you're you know you're still gonna you're still gonna smile and and you know have a good time with it but I, have we ever seen anything like that with a player of his caliber I, I mean i don't remember do you i can't remember someone of this stature having yeah. this kind of a face-off uh right at the beginning of the season and i don't know what they're gonna do because it seems like psg are ready to dig their heels in on this yeah and I think if you're Mbappe right now, you have the leverage because you are under contract. You are getting paid. You are doing what you're supposed to be doing, what your contract stipulates. Um, and so you put the ball back in PSG's court to say, hey, you know, it's up to you guys now. Uh, do you want to let me go? Do you want to move me on and allow me to join, let's say, Real Madrid, where everybody thinks he's going to end up? Or does PSG want to really bite that proverbial bullet and say, you know what? We're going to just sit you on the bench for as long as it takes. But again, they don't have the leverage. It seems like Mbappe is the one who has the hammer here. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, there's, well, what are their choices? Okay, they, they stick him with the 23s. Well, he's still doing what he's, like you said, he's contracted to do. They're, they're not allowing him to train with the first team. Well, so he's training with the, the, whether it be the 23s or the 21s or we call them the joeys um why do you call them the joeys i have no idea it's an english term they, really they it's them, just an english term yeah yeah it's just <laughs> an know, english no yeah. idea where it came from huh no usually when you're if you're not a part of like the the kind of main group of first team you know players you the brits all 
say, oh, the you know, we're got treated like the Joey's, we're, we're the Joey's today, or, or I'm training with the Joey's. I, I don't know. Must suck for the players who are actually named Joey, though. There's yeah, no well, escaping it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I think he's in, in the position of, of strength, to be completely honest, because like I said, he's, he's doing what, what they're telling him to do. He wants to, to play, um, but he also wants to move. So it's like, what do PSG, what can PSG do? Play him to help them out. They sit him on the bench for however many games he isn't involved in the first team. You know, he, he has the high ground right now and, and it's just a matter of who flinches, right. And, and who helps, who can help PSG out or who can't and will they be willing to help out or will they just say, you know what, ah, we'll, we'll wait for 10 months until he's free. There's a few delicious little angles to this. One of which is Real Madrid seems to be in a pretty good spot here because they know that Mbappe wants to come to Real Madrid. So it's not like he's looking at all of these other teams and they have a lot of stiff competition for his signature. Madrid can sit back knowing that Mbappe wants to come to them and also knowing that after this season, it's just one year away, he can come for free, which in this day and age to get a player of his caliber for nothing is almost unheard of. So they can just sit back, hands off and say, all right, we're just going to wait it out. PSG, it seems like to me, has to engage in a game of high stakes chicken with somebody. They need to try to get some other clubs involved to get a fee for him this year. They need to move him on to another club this year and entice some team to pony up some money so they don't lose him for free. Now, I'm sure they'd like to get the full boat from a team like Real Madrid, but since everybody sort of put their cards on the table, they're probably not going to get it. Or they need to at least bring another team in as a decoy to make Real Madrid think that he's going there instead of to Madrid. And then maybe Madrid gets nervous and they overpay. They got to play some kind of game of chicken to try and elicit a fee this season instead of waiting for next. I see you shaking your head. Tell me why. (laughs) (laughs) Because at the end of the day, guess who has the final say? Killian. Exactly. That's why it's a game of chicken. I mean, they need to- But it's not a game. It's a a shadow game. It's not. It's not. Because where does does Mbappe want to go? He wants to go to Madrid. Okay. So then what does it matter if if PSG pseudo involves some other team on, on on the sly- and and they say, oh, we've agreed a fee. Guess guess what? It, it happens at every club. Okay, great. You've agreed a fee. What what? No, guess, I guess totally where the player doesn't. Guess where the player doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go there. Guess what's not going to happen? He's not going to go there. But Tim, he's not going to agree. He's not going to negotiate. He doesn't care. He's he's got one place in his mind, and that's where he'll go. The fact that he turned down reportedly seven hundred million from Saudi Arabia for one year that tells you uh, again do we know if it was was a legit thing i don't know but you can get anybody involved and and at the end of the day you could you can say okay well we've have a 50 million pound offer 50 million euro offer 50 million dollar offer we're going to sell you to pick pick a team we're going to sell you and and he'll sit there and say no i'm okay thanks and it won't happen tim 
it's clear to me you do not watch enough cop shows or true crime on Netflix <laughs> or even episodes of Law and Order because all you got to do, you got to make teams believe it, right? It might yeah, not be but, true, but if you can just convince other teams, if you can make them believe, it's the perception that drives the negotiation. It's of, like agents who come course. out and float these stories that aren't true to get leverage for their clients. That's what I'm talking about. I get it and I understand. But at the same time, Mbappe's not stupid either. So all it takes is him to 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 tell his agent, listen, I, I I'm not going anywhere because what people realize or don't realize is that teams will put aside a a, a chunk of money, right? In terms of transfer fee and wages, right? And that chunk of money, they'll they'll have to split that and they'll say, okay, I can spend, we'll we'll keep it simple. I have a 35 million pound, 35 million euro pot. I want to spend 30 of it on the transfer fee. And I want to spend five of that on the player's wages. Right. And and if if that works out and it comes to that, then great. Or they say, you know what? We know he wants to come here. We know he only has a year left. We know that PSG has said he won't he won't play. We know now his risk of injury is is even lower. So guess what? We'll take that thirty five million, and instead of giving him five million, we'll give him ten million. He'll get a better a a, a better wage structure by by coming on a free than than if he does by being bought. He'll benefit in the long run. The the club. That he's going to will benefit in the long run. And the only loser here is once again PSG. Why won't you play the shell game with me? Because I, mean, I that's love not how this that's that is engaging. not how it's not how this, <laughs> this world works. <laughs> All right. Mr. This is how the world works. What's gonna happen here? What is the next domino to fall in this story? I think they'll reintegrate him in some way, in some shape, in some form. But I don't see him moving on. Uh, I really don't. Not not this year. I I I think he's he's to the point. Listen, you don't you don't run your run your contract down and then you know make a statement saying, "Oh, I'm not going to sign a new one." If you're not completely comfortable running that that final year down and and going somewhere big for free for a lot more money than than what would have transpired or what what he would have gotten by by being sold you know what uh, on to whoever he goes to I, I just don't see it happening so i think they have to they have to use him in uh, to to i guess try to win the champions league i, I guess I, I i mean i don't that that would be my guess would it be smart for another club, let's say a Bayern Munich, a Barcelona, any club that Mbappe would even consider going to, to come in at this point and say, look, Killian, you don't want to lose a full season of your prime, another opportunity to win trophies. You don't want to sit out for the next several months uh, with the Euros coming at the end of the season next summer as well. So here's what we want to do. We want you to play for us. We know it's not Real Madrid, but it's still pretty good because we're a top club. And then you go to PSG with a low ball offer 
because at least it gives them something. They get some kind of fee for him and he doesn't leave for nothing. PSG gets to stick it to Real Madrid because you know the bad blood that exists between those two franchises. So if you're a Barcelona, AC Milan, any of these other uh, marquee clubs, do you try and make that move and do that right now? At least is it worth a shot? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably worth a shot. It's probably worth a run at it. But again, you, you we we keep coming up with these different scenarios. But the the, the end all be all is is Mbappe wants to end up at at Madrid. So all, again, these these teams can can make a run at it. And, and all he has to say is, "No, I'm okay. I'll wait. I'll wait it out." Now the Euros throws a wrinkle in things because. What are his conversations like with the national team? What are are they saying? Listen, if if you don't play this year, you're you're not involved in the Euros, which is a big big tournament, by the way, and a, a team like France will want to win that big big tournament. Now, does it come to January and he's now fed up and he decides, okay, let's let's play ball with with somebody, let's get me somewhere, well. I can't see it being a loan, but at least moving six months earlier, transfer fee maybe not quite as as you know high um, of a demand as it is now with a year left. But okay, you know have it for for six months maybe. Um, so I think that's the that's the the interesting wrinkle in all of this is is his national team status and standing if he doesn't play and what that means for the euros in in the summer because that could be that could be the deciding factor not all this or bring in a club on the sly and and try to get into a bidding war or um let's get him for maybe you know a, a short contract um i think the euros will be and like i said in his standing with the national team will will be the the deciding piece of this puzzle Price Picks is the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states across the country, including so many of my favorites, California, Texas, and Georgia. Godspeed, Georgia. I'm hungry for a dozen lemon pepper wet. But back to Price Picks. We've been hearing from so many WGFOPs who are loving Double P, Pablo Picasso, Price Picks, which allows them to win up to 25 times their money for the soccer season, is a reason I do appreciate Price Picks because it's simple. During the Premier League match days, I've got roughly 239 tabs on my computer open as we attempt to work out our social media, the pod rundown, the upcoming interview, you get the drift. But because Price Picks is easy to play, I'm not having to constantly click to see how my gents are doing or how many certain actions are worth. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and you place your entry. That is how easy it can be. You also mix and match players from several leagues across the globe. Luca De La Torre, I'm looking at you, as well as other sports like basketball oh, and hockey. Oh, the Capitals. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. It's promo code MIB. Prize picks. Pick more or pick less. It's that easy. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In addition to Mbappe, in terms of some of the high-profile football news around Europe right now, um, it's something that we actually have discussed on our shows in the past, and now it's becoming more of a huge controversial topic, and that is the added time at the end of games. We first saw it in the World Cup where officials were actually adding on time for when the ball was not in play with injuries, when they're dealing with arguments and just things that typically would be let go um, during a normal game. They're adding this time on after the 90 and we're playing eight extra minutes, 10 extra minutes, a dozen extra minutes at the end. We're seeing 100 minute football games uh, with some regularity. And they say that this season, that's going to become a regular feature because there's just too much time wasting without it. Now, we've covered this going back several shows, as I mentioned, but as we get into it here, uh, it has some more currency to it because these rules are being implemented and it's getting a lot of pushback. In particular, Rafael Varane has come out and said that a lot of us players we're at our breaking point. So many matches. Now we're playing extra long matches. Where does it end? It's got to stop. It seems like from the player perspective, Tim, this is not going down well. Yeah, no, not really. Um, we all had our, <laughs> as you do every every year. By the way, we we have our our meetings with the with the league with the referees in in preseason, and then they you know they they update us on what what new changes, what what new kind of rules, and and you know different things that they're going to implement in, in the season. And, and this is one of them. And <laughs> in, in our meeting, there were quite a few groans, if not one from every single mouth in the, in, in our group, in our, in our meeting room. And, and you say, Oh, hundred minute games, but I'm telling you what, they're, they're going to be longer than that. Because if, if the first half year, you look at, you know, five to six minutes, second half guaranteed without fail they will they will add even more on seven to eight yeah it's not great right i've obviously dealt with it in in the world cup and it was it came as a shock to the system it wasn't communicated as well for the world cup as it as it has been for you know for the premier league but my thinking on that is i've been there i've done that so not a problem and then on the flip side it's like well maybe maybe they're trying to and then well, not maybe they are trying to to i don't think scare is the right word but but curb some of the some of the time wasting tactics which okay i i get you know the, but again every every team does them and maybe it'll it'll curb the the more obvious ones i think have you seen the the rule that if you get injured or you go down injured the uh, trainer physio has to come on 
you now no longer you have to go off but you don't just get to come straight back on Mm -hmm. have you seen that yep that rule change so you now have to wait 30 seconds um so it's like you're almost like in a penalty box um for for 30 seconds and, and playing a man down the argument to this is well what happens for a keeper what happens then because the trainer comes out and but the right. keeper gets to stay on right yep. keeper gets to stay on but it happened multiple times last year where a keeper's gone down oh 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 and they come out and the whole team goes over and they have a little huddle and they have a little tactical session and okay, play continues. Keeper goes down again. Ah, ah, and then again, another tactical session. So there's, there's some tweaks that need to be made, but yeah, games are going to be long. Games are going to be very long, but again, like I, I can understand guys saying, Oh, we already play a lot of games. We, we, you know, play a lot of minutes, but in, if they're keeping, strict track of it in in those times that they're keeping track you're just standing there right right so like it's 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 a little bit of a a balancing act right if if they keep like exact timings okay at this at this time okay we've we've now spent 25 seconds right and the fourth official has it all and he's adding it all up fine no problem because you're getting it you're getting it exactly right and in those those times that you're not you know the, the game stopped you're just standing there anyway so that's the big thing to me and that's the counter argument to this is when the ball is not in play whether it goes out for a goal kick corner kick throw in players injured referees talking to the manager you're not actually playing you are just standing there you are just walking around so you're not exerting yourself um and so it to me and again i'm not a player but it's more just adjusting to the new system and your expectations because when you're not expecting it and you're used to a certain amount of physical time being out there yes it would be an adjustment but maybe not something that is too demanding that you can't you know recalibrate your body and your mind yeah i I agree with that um i I think my my one argument would be Uh, everything is everything is is fairly natural right injuries happen stoppages happen ball goes out of play that happens you know goal kicks throw-ins corners all of these are are normal things in in this game is is there a hybrid situation right where you say okay if guys get injured then you you count that time but like a ball going out of play not not many people are are going to uh, again, I caveat this by saying it does happen, but not many teams are going to stand there and just stand there and hold the ball. Like they're they're going to be looking at at trying to get the ball in into play. Goal kicks, maybe you can because most of the time the ball is you know for for a goal kick the ball does go a little bit a little bit further out of play. But in saying that, we have ten balls scattered around around the pitch now. So it's not like you have to wait for the the fans to get the ball back in. So I don't know. Maybe there's a, a hybrid system where throw-ins you don't have to have to count against it, but injuries for sure that that counts as as time time added on. Goal kicks, yeah, sure, we can we can do that as well. But like corners and throw-ins, I mean, come on. Now we're now we're getting down to like micromanaging um, every single every single thing and and you're going to start taking taking the emotion out of the game and and it's just going to be 
you may as well just have robots out there playing. I would agree with that. I, I think injuries are the big thing because that's where the bulk yeah. of your time is lost. Um, yeah. And they said that, I guess, last year uh, when they did all the math, that the ball was in play in the Premier League for an average of 52 minutes. Yeah, so that's true. That's when you look at the full 90, not a lot. And no. you would think that, all right, we want to maximize time of play, right? We want to have a situation for our fans, for TV viewers, for everyone involved where we're getting the maximum play and not the time wasting of any kind. And I would think, all right, in this day and age where science is such a big part of it, data, analytics, that why not come up with some kind of algorithm where you could determine what is the optimal time and play scenario, right? For a player's body, physiology, for the fans, for TV, bring it all together, figure out what that optimal time and play is, and then work the game around that. If you have to shorten it from 90 and say, okay, these are 80 minute games. I know it seems radical because again, you're always trying to reach that ultimate goal of keeping the ball in play as long as possible, right? Yeah, it's not a bad a bad idea. Um, you you come up with these from time to time, Steve. You know that. You <laughs> do you ever do you ever write these down and send them in to to Wenger because he's he's the head of of doing all these these crazy radical things at at FIFA now. You hey know man, that. it's it's the blind squirrel acorn uh, logic and scenario, <laughs> right? You're going to grab an acorn every now and then by just bumping into it. So that that's what happens to me. Yeah, listen, I I agree with you. I I think it it you you got to uh, maybe and maybe this is their first kind of step. Maybe this is their first attempt at at trying to find that that optimal, right? But what so what what happens? You you then get into extra time and and it's still the same. So so what now you're you're averaging 55 minutes out of 100. Um so you've added 3 minutes of of ball in play for 10 minutes of of extra time uh i i don't know I, I i don't i don't have the answer i guess we'll see how how the experiment works this this uh this year but the the argument from their side was that the stakeholders the fans the the media companies the tv rights and and all this they 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 want to see they want to see a better product they want to see uh more more ball and play so that's what that's what they did. The the saying was that to keep it the best league in the world and making sure that their revenue stayed high, um, they are making changes. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a while because, like anything, when you have a a big change in something like football, where the rules have been the same for so long. Uh, you're going to have controversy. You're going to have pushback, uh, and it's going to take a while for people to adjust. I just think that, look, I mean, we're in a an era now where numbers and math and algorithms do so much. I mean, let AI yeah. solve it. Say, okay, what's the optimal time that we should put on the clock that we can add extra time and not, you know, totally tax the players? That everyone benefits the most, where we all get what we want. What is that? Is it? 35 minute halves? Uh, is it 15 minutes of so-called extra time? What's that magic number? And I don't know, maybe AI could look at all the data from over the years and come up with it. I don't know. 
<laughs> I have no idea. I, I really don't. I, I'm I'm right there with with you on that. Uh, do do I think some teams and players take really heavy advantage? Absolutely. Do I think there needed to be something? Uh, I mean, as as players, like we don't we don't track the, the the ball in play, right? We just right. You you do what's in front of you, right? You play you play what's in front of you. You play who's in front of you. You you just you you are the game is the game for for us um we don't sit there and spectate and watch and and keep track of that so i, I don't know what the the best solution is like i said uh, they think this is it and i guess at the end of the season we'll we'll find out won't we we'll find out if if it's a better product or if it's not as a player would you prefer to have the amount of time left always on the scoreboard even extra time would you like to know every second um, or would that matter? I, I don't know. For so long, it's uh, we've not had it, so it hasn't really hasn't really crossed my mind. That's a new change this year as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, they didn't actually cover that one um, for us. I saw that on on TV the other day. Um, I, I think it's it's probably. I don't know if it's beneficial or not. To be completely honest with you. Although you, sometimes you do get to that 90 and you see the board go up and it says six minutes and you're like, holy hell. And then it feels like 10 and you're like, ref, how much, how much time, how much time? And you're like, you see, it says 90 plus six and that's all it says. And you're like, how many, how much have we played? How much have we played? So now they're going to count down the six, right? Or the 10 or whatever, however much they're, they're adding on. So, I mean, I guess it can be, it can be beneficial, but I'm again, I'm so used to the, the old way. Right. That I think I think it'll be a, a strange thing to see, you know, the the clock up there counting counting up to the the six minutes and and you counting down till till the whistle blows. I would say the one drawback to having every second up on the clock, and you see this in college soccer in the U.S. most notably, is that. It offers opportunities for a more negative style of play to just kill time when you know exactly how many seconds are left and you get down to the final few trying to just keep the ball at midfield or when you have a free kick. There are different ways to manipulate that. If you only have 10, 15, 20 seconds, you know a certain team can't score with that amount of time, depending on where the ball is uh, in the field. Whereas if you don't know those seconds specifically, then I think you'd play the game a little differently, maybe still a little more freely, more normally, not as conservatively. I don't know. Um, it Maybe it's just the feel of it. But when you know you're counting down those final few seconds and you realize that if a team's chasing the game, they have no opportunity to score, it just doesn't feel as good. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But I, I think even without the, the clock up there, that happens every single game because you you when you play the game long enough you you understand when once the the board goes up that you know you're you're now in that that last little bit now i think i think where where it's different now is that there are going to be heavy extra minutes right in in terms of 7 8 9 and so yeah i think i think that does change change things a bit but at the same time you know you know when you're in the last 5 you know when you're you're down to the last three four teams teams is instinctively you you know right and and you start you start buying fouls um and i i don't mean buying fouls as in cheating uh, i mean that you you start 
putting your bodies in positions to to draw fouls much much more than you would in in a you know the the normal time you'll end up going to the going to corners you know more and and so that that i don't think i don't think will change maybe may again maybe because the the time added on is greater it it will but in saying that teams teams do that in from the 85th 86th 87th minute anyway right and and then you know three added minutes so there's your six to, to seven minutes so teams are already doing that so i, I don't think i don't think that's going to change too much because like i said you you get good at timekeeping um after playing playing the game for for so long and and teams get good at you know at putting themselves into positions to to get fouls and and you know have the clock um run a little bit uh, before getting the ball back in yeah it'll be interesting to see how this plays out uh from my perspective i mean you know I have no skin in that game. Let's play 300 minutes. You know, I'll sit back and watch guys just drop on the turf from exhaustion. I think that might actually be fun. Kind of like a gladiator style, you know, last man standing. That could be interesting. Why, why don't we just, why don't we just move it to say 180 minutes and, and say you can have 11 subs. Like ah, there's, there there's go. loads of different things you can do. Right. Uh, I just, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how the changes play out how they work and i will be sitting at the end of the season with my ears wide open to hear if it's done what it's what they've intended it to do or if they sit there and they blow it up and they say no, we've, we've messed it all up like we we can't do that again we got to figure something else out it'll be interesting to see to see what happens over the course of the season well, i sure. think too from a player perspective you know will you have adjusted will you all of a sudden say hey it wasn't so bad i mean you know we figured it out and we made the necessary you know calibrations uh, in terms of the way we play and you know we're fine with it now or does it make it feel longer? Does it make it really feel like it was some kind of a grind? And that's something you'll only be able to answer after at least the, the first few months. Yeah, I think it'll be the first few months until you figure you really figure it out. I think it'll be interesting because I again I, I keep saying this. It the tactically what what happens now, right? When when will managers make subs now? Because usually that window is 60 to 75 minutes, right? And then late subs on to kill time right well you're you're talking you know between five and ten extra minutes added on at the end of a match after 90 minutes so now when is the sub substitute window when do they feel like they you know the the greatest impact will will be i think that'll be that'll be interesting and in, from a manager's point of view to to figure out um when when to make those so yeah, everyone's talking about the ball in play, time of time of play that the ball is in, you know, and and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, players, it's extra extra miles, fine. Players, it's extra on them in terms of you know, mental and physical being tuned in and and switched on completely, and then the the manager in in terms of how he can change and affect a game. That'll be interesting based on on the the number of added minutes too so it's it's all it's all things that that we need to look at and and figure out and and see what happens come i mean really come what we'll say november um yeah you know just before just before the 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 christmas period hits to see if who's figured it out and, and who's who's uh you know worked worked the the system the the best
final thing before we close this one out, um, the next window uh, for international fixtures uh, is coming up in just a few weeks. In early September, the U.S. team will be playing um, in yours and my hometown of St. Louis against Uzbekistan and also in Minneapolis. Um against Oman. That's the first window in September. Then in October, a very interesting fixture uh, against Germany, which will be in Hartford. And then I believe it is Ghana in Nashville. Uh, so some, I wouldn't say when you think of the quality of the opponents, not the most difficult opponents that you could face on the schedule, but a lot of other South American and European teams have qualifying. Uh, so they're not available to play, but what I find interesting about the roster construction for these matches, and some people might not know, you guys as players don't find out what matches you're coming in for until almost the 11th hour, right? I mean, the week before, is that right? Uh, yeah, we're not even given a full week. Usually you get you get preliminary um, provisional rosters sent out, you get noticed, you know, notices probably two weeks, and then nothing again until probably four or five days prior to to the first first report date so i don't know the the specific dates of of this first one but it's usually that that sunday is is the first day that you can report unless you you know you you play on the sunday then you report on the monday we don't the sunday if you report you don't you don't get the email until i I believe it's wednesday the wednesday before so yeah four days prior which again is is what it is. I think most most national teams do that. To to be completely honest with you, it's not just not just the U.S. We have a lot of international guys, and, and they're all the same. Some are even even later. Some don't don't know until the Friday um, or the Saturday, even after after the the final match before the window yeah. opens. So it it's just one of those things. We're we're always at the beck and call and the mercy of. Um, of, of everyone else we don't have our own our own personal schedules and um, we we fly by the seat of our pants most of the time when you look at the road for the u.s team and this particular window here if you take stock of things where's the u.s at right now you're coming off the summer period where things were split between the nations league and the gold cup you're getting back into the uh, the club domestic seasons over in Europe, MLS is going to be winding down, but looking ahead long term, Copa America next summer, obviously the World Cup in 2026. What do you get out of a window like the one we have coming up in September and October? What's the goal? The goal is to win games. The goal is to to continue to develop our our kind of tactical nuance and and the understanding of of the players and um understanding of of the connections and and playing next to the guys you know the, the guys on your left and right and the and the the connections with the guys in front and behind so yeah it's it's getting the 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 group together and starting starting you know with a new journey really and and that you know winning as many games as possible trying to get um you know that that winning feeling um in, in every single game you play again you can only play who's in front of you it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter the the opponent obviously you want to play as, as many high level opponents as you can but like you like you mentioned there's there's not many available um yeah. you know out out there in 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 that window so yeah it's just getting getting together and and you know guys who missed out in the summer 
through injury, guys who then didn't go to the Gold Cup, and and just kind of reintegrating everybody back together. And, and I'm sure there will be some some new faces over over the next couple of windows to to integrate and, and bring into the group and, and kind of show them the show them the ropes and and you know uh, help them along with with understanding what what the culture is um, within the within the team. Well, you know what my goal is? Go on. Because I will be at that St. Louis game. My I know. Goal You'll be right on this. the side. I know. My goal is, think about it this way. It is September 9th mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Still very much a part of the summer here. Yep. All right. It is a local time kickoff of 4.30 p.m. Ooh. It is, yeah. Uh-huh. In case you didn't oh. hear, 4.30 local time. I'm I'm guessing it's for TV. I don't know why. Is it is it a, is I'm, that a Saturday? Is that a Saturday? It's got to be a Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. It's a Saturday. Uh, so it's a 4:30 kickoff, September 9th. Could very well be in the 90s here with a heat index with the humidity up near 100. And then, with me standing on the sideline with a nice cool drink, maybe a little personal fan blowing in my face. I want to see that extra time board go up. We're going to play an additional 15 minutes here in St. Louis. And I want to capture Tim Ream's face at that time. That is my goal for the window. <laughs> my personal goal right there. <laughs> well, if, if I'm there, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to, under, to know where, uh, where you're sitting. Um, and, and I'll give you a look so you can capture that. Um, glance on over and I'll, i will I'll, I'll just hold up my pina colada to you i'll say I'll, yeah i'll give you i'll give Cheers, you a glance bud. i'll give you a glance I, like i said i <laughs> we don't know if, if i'll be there right. and, and um and all that but four thirty kickoff uh, yeah uh, i mean you couldn't put it any more in the heart of the heat <laughs> than that um yeah it surprised me too uh, I, I again it, it must be for tv i can't think of any other reason uh, i thought maybe at first it was some kind of a double header that they were going to play, but that's not the case. Um, so, well, listen, either way, either way, knowing, knowing what it's like back there with, with, uh, with the, the sport, it'll be a sellout. Yeah. Downtown will be, will be rammed. Atmosphere will be good. And yeah, hopefully it'll be a, a pretty much full on, you know, as, as many of the, the world cup guys as, as possible, right. um, within, within the group to, to put on a good, uh, put on a good performance, put on a good show and, uh, leave, uh, leave everyone in St. Louis happy. No, I think it'll be a tremendous atmosphere. And, uh, again, I'll be standing there with my Ted Drews on the sideline. And for people who don't know what that is, it's some of the best, uh, frozen custard you could find. So, you know, Hey, I'll be nice and, and cool. You know, save, well, uh, save one for me though. You'll have to go just before, <laughs> just before the final whistle. You'll miss miss the final whistle, and if I, if I'm there, I'll I'll walk over and I'll take it right from your hand and, and take it onto the pitch. I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> I'll pay you for it. We will talk next week. At which point you will have the first game of the Premier League under your belt against Everton. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.